What I started doing a while back was instead of having uh, some of our staff preach, I thought, you know, let's let's talk to other prophets in the town, other messengers in the town. And so we've had Mark Grampula, you know, we had we had Ben Mandrell, and today you're going to get to be around one of my friends, a local pastor named Sean Clark. Sean Clark is the real deal. That guy moved up here with his family from Church of the Highlands, started a church. Takes a lot of guts to start a church. Sean is a great friend to me. He's a great man of God. He, he has seen so much ministry in his lifetime. But Sean Clark, he played football for Auburn, as in like one of the team captains. So this is a great chance to, to see just a, a unique guy with a unique story. So Clearview, let's all give it up for my man, Sean Clark. I would say War Eagle, but that'll make too many people too happy. So I'm not doing it. But he's a great man of God, Sean. I don't have no idea what you're going to say, and I can't wait to hear it, brother. You're a trusted brother. You're a good brother to me, and I love you so much. So thank you for being willing to take time away from your church at Five Stones to be with our church today. It means a lot to me. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for the warm welcome. I hope I didn't make too many enemies. <laughs> Absolutely love your pastor. Uh, Jason is a, a dear friend to me. Uh, moving into town, having a brother that I can meet with, have coffee with, pray with. Uh, it's just been such a blessing to me. Now I'm known as the crying pastor. I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed by the spirit here. It's like, it's, it's a sweet spirit here. Uh, it's good to be in the house together with brothers and sisters, and I'm just so honored to be able to be able to deliver the message today. Um, yeah, being a church planner here in this community, uh, driven by your church many, many times, and just the thought that I get to come in here today and share the word of the Lord with you guys. Wow, what a huge responsibility and what a, what a great honor. Uh, you saw a picture of my family. Just real quick, I just wanted to brag on my family. I've got three uh, incredible kids and an amazing wife. My wife of 25 years is sitting on the front row with me. Her name is Rhiannon. If that brings flashbacks to some of you, it's a Fleetwood Mac song. That is true. That is her name, all right? Um, uh, three incredible kids. Uh, Cassidy is 21. She just got married in December. Wow, right? Uh, so I've got a new son. Uh, they got married living in Spring Hill. Uh, she's my assistant, works at the church with me. I've got a son that's 19 that's off at Bible College in Birmingham. Uh, I miss him dearly, love talking to him every other day at least. I try to, try to get a hold of him just to see what God's doing in his life. I've got a baby girl, Callie Rose. She's uh, 17, about to be 18. She's graduating from high school, and she's actually going to join her brother uh, down at Bible College. Um, I, I'm amazed. I'm absolutely amazed that I have three kids that love the Lord. Uh, they love their mother and me, and they, they love the local church. And so uh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed beyond belief, y'all. I'm just uh, so honored, again, just to be here today. Uh, I did want to share with you guys a message. Um, as I get ready to share the message with you, uh, it was so great. I love hearing the family uh, speak the word of the Lord here. And just, uh, uh, young man, what's his, what's, your, what's his name? Hutch. Great job, Hutch. Man, fantastic. He read the, the verse that, that he wrote. Uh, we read in Philippians. Um, he said, uh, I know you've always been concerned for me, but you haven't had the chance to help me. You know, it's like even as he's writing, there's this, like, I know your heart for me. And then he expresses his heart to them. Like, I love you, and I'm well taken care of, and you've provided for me. And this is really that heart that I wanted to express today and encourage this church family in today. It's this heart of gratitude. This heart of gratitude. It really is uh, such an incredible 
thing that it's a gift that God gives us to be able to have that heart of gratitude and to be able to walk that out uh, each and every day. All right, my key verse for you, it's going to be on the screen here. We're going to do a little dance, and ho- hopefully uh, I'll, be, I'll be able to, to give it to you the way that I've got it here today. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This can be a challenging verse. Two sections, be thankful, all circumstances. Uh, the words be thankful, the, the translation of that word isn't necessarily this. Everybody look at me real. This, it's more this. It, it's not just be thankful, it's give thanks. Give thanks. Translation to the second part, all circumstances. You ready for this? All circumstances, right? I mean, it's like, really? All circumstances? Are, are you really saying all the time? Not just in good stances, or circumstances, but all circumstances? You mean I'm supposed to be thankful for bad things? It's not what he's saying. He's saying that we're to be thankful that in the midst of the bad things, there is God and his things for us that we can learn and see and operate in. Uh, today, I want to look at what it means to actually be thankful and to be thankful in all circumstances. Can I pray that for us today? Would you bow your heads with me as I pray? God, again, I'm just uh, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share such a sweet spirit, your presence here in this place, that we as family, your sons and daughters, have gathered together today in this room to meet with you, to hear from you, to continue to walk in a deeper relationship with you. So Lord, I pray it today that the words that I speak, Holy Spirit, guide us into all truth. Come on, pray it for yourself. Speak to me, God. Speak to me in my heart the things that you would have me to hear. God, I thank you that today we can walk out of this place in a more intimate relationship with you and making you known in our lives in a greater way. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Luke chapter 17, I want to look at a passage of Scripture, and it's really where I want to land today, and then I'll give us some encouraging words how to go out and do this. But Luke 17, if you want to turn there in your Bibles with me, you can. I'm going to be reading out of the NLT, New New Living Translation. I just want to break down this this passage today and encourage us in this area of gratitude. It's going to be there on the screen with me, Luke 17. I'm going to read as we start in verse 11. It says, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You got this picture, going to pause here. We'll continue on in the story in just a moment. I do want to break it down. Those with leprosy were required to stand at a distance. Uh, They were better yet more than required to stand at a distance. They were put outside of community to develop their own community. Leprosy can, can spread easily between individuals. And so extensive contact, you can't do that. You can't live up close to each other. As they developed their own communities, uh, it broke down the division that was already present in their communities because once you, once you contacted or actually became ill with leprosy, you were now moved into the community of leprosy. Uh, leprosy was easily, easily seen on every individual. And better yet, leprosy could cause nerve damage to the point that, that you couldn't actually feel pain. So if this was something that was hot 
and I'm standing here and I have leprosy, that not feeling pain is actually not a good thing. That's a gift from God because all of a sudden I'm looking and I'm like, oh no, I've got other issues besides just the leprosy. I've got burn marks. I've got these other things that were obviously to be very present upon those that were standing there this day. As Jesus speaks to them, he looks at them, and he says this, next part of the passage there, he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. Interesting passage there, go show yourselves to the priest. If someone was cured of leprosy, and that's what Jesus was doing in this moment, if someone was cured of leprosy, the first thing they had to do was go show themselves to the priest. It was the priest's responsibility to look over them to make sure that they no longer had that leprosy. Why is that? So that they could enter back into society. They could go hug mom and dad again if they were still around. Go hug their kids again if they were still around. They could connect back with community. Now, that priest either gave them that blessing or told them they weren't cured of and they had to go back to that community of those with leprosy. The priest would say yes, he would say no. And Jesus said to the people who had not yet experienced this healing, he, that he says to them, now, I'm telling you, go to the priest. Go to the priest and show yourselves. The word says, we keep reading, as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Come on, can you imagine that? Like there's 10 guys walking, they're headed towards the priest, and it says as they went, they start looking like, wow, I've just been cured, cleaned up, made well, made whole. There's this moment. You think a little spring in their step, a little high-fiving, a little partying, you know what I'm saying, along the way? Woo! Sorry, that was a little loud. Sorry, you didn't realize. Woo! There we go. Sorry. I'm used to having a microphone here. I pulled away there. I didn't mean to scream too loud. But they're partying, right? Partying. Like, this is great. We're going to show ourselves to the priest. We have been cured of leprosy. Isolated. Isolated. We've been from normal living. Again, we only can grasp this for a glimpse. I don't want to go back and create kind of some, some moment for us where we start to feel the negativity of 2020, but go back to 2020. That, like, they've lived in 2020. That they've lived isolated from family and from friends, and now they're cured and now they're healed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, the word says that he came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. Praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And the word says here, an interesting fact about this man, this man was a Samaritan. Let me pause again, giving light to the story we're reading today. That leprosy, again, broke down all barriers to culture. Jews, Samaritans did not live together. Once you got leprosy, you're now a part of that community together. We know this moment here, as he points out this story of the Samaritan coming back, that there's something that we can understand that, that Luke is writing about. There's, a, there's a, 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 a reference to, or he's inferring, that, that if this one was, that means the other ones were not. To define someone as, as having something is for us to assume, or not even to assume, but to know Luke's writing is to infer that the others are not. This man was a Samaritan, which is really quality of life that this guy lived separate from those that were Jewish. There was the Jews, the haves, the Samaritans, the have-nots. And here we see in this story that it was the have-not that shows back up. It was the Samaritan that makes his way all the way back to Jesus. Let's keep reading. Jesus asked, hey, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? 
Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Wait a second. I thought he came back healed. Now Jesus is healing him. Which one is it? We don't know why. Let me back up, though. We don't know why the other nine didn't show up. The other nine, the Jews, didn't come back. I mean, they were healed, already healed, just like this Samaritan that shows up, healed and cured of leprosy. It's not there any longer. We don't know why. Maybe, maybe they got excited and wanted to go check on the family business, make sure that it was still up and running and things were going well. Maybe, just maybe, they, they, as they talked to the religious leaders, the religious leaders, we know this in Scripture to be the case, that the religious leaders didn't speak favorably of Jesus. And so they thought, well, he's not someone to know or to keep in touch with, so I'll just go about my merry way. Maybe, maybe they just didn't really care. Surely they cared. Surely they had this gratitude in them that they had been healed of something that had isolated them from the rest of society. And yet there's only one, only one, a Samaritan that shows up to give thanks to Jesus. Whatever the case may be, as this Samaritan returns to give thanks, we can see that this thanks actually benefits the Samaritan in a major way. We could go back and talk about those that were Jewish and why they didn't come back. And we could even give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe, just maybe, maybe they actually did have this gratitude in them. But they didn't know how to express it. Which leads to this point that I want to give us to help us in understanding that gratitude, that being thankful, it really is giving thanks. Here's the first thing. I'm going to give us five points here to help us in this. That gratitude is more than an emotion. It is an expression. Gratitude is more than an emotion. You know, would you rather be the one instead of the other nine? Lord, I, I'm thankful for what you're doing in my life today. I, I want to express that gratitude that's going on around me. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I want to give thanks in all circumstances. Uh, during Thanksgiving, we have this tradition. Maybe you have the same tradition. You know, you sit around the table and you, you, uh, you share what you're thankful for. You know, it's that day of Thanksgiving. And so it's more than just turkey and dressing. It's uh, thanks and blessings. Come on, somebody, right? Come on, that needs to be on like a plaque in Cracker Barrel. You know what I'm saying? We can buy that and sell that. It'd be awesome, right? Like, thanks, thanks or gratitude is more than an emotion. It's more than something I feel. It has to be something that I express. Here's the danger we all face when we face these areas of gratitude that I feel in me, but maybe hasn't made its way out of me, that unexpressed gratitude is experienced by others as Ready for this? Ingratitude. It's experienced by others as ingratitude. Uh, Jesus says, hey, where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? I taught my kids when they were young, like, if I take you out, it doesn't matter. Take you out, excuse me, to eat, not take you out. Take you out to eat. I will never take out my kids. Take my kids out to eat. If I take you out to eat, you, I'm going to need, when we get in the car, a thank you, Okay? Doesn't matter if it's a nice restaurant or Chick-fil-A. I mean, I need to thank you. What am I trying to teach you? I'm trying to teach you something I know you got in the car and you felt feeling is not enough. It has to be expressed. Otherwise, the one not receiving the gratitude that I know you're feeling, it feels to me like ingratitude in this moment. Here's why this is so important. Here's the third point in this is that ingratitude feels like arrogance. It feels like arrogance to the one not receiving gratitude. And that's the last thing as brothers and sisters in Christ, that we want people to feel. We don't want them to feel our arrogance coming towards 
them. We want them to feel our gratitude coming towards them. It's like you expected me to pay. You expected me to pick up your socks off the floor. You expected me to clean up after you. You expected me to cook for you. You expected me to take out the trash. No, but that's what it feels like. It's what it feels like. Most of the time, we don't even realize that when we are not expressing this gratitude, it feels like arrogance to the one not receiving our gratitude. I may have forgotten. We've all forgotten to say thank you. All right? We've all forgotten to say thank you. But when we do forget to, we miss out on a key moment to help people feel the love of Jesus, to give thanks in all circumstances. So, so why is it hard to remember to express gratitude? Well, I, I think it has less to do with my memory, um, and I think it more has to do with I've been wired to think a certain way. I've been wired to think a certain way, and, and I don't necessarily would say that I think this. I'm going to like unpack it as to why I get to this point right here. Number four is that gratitude sometimes can feel like weakness to the one expressing gratitude. It can feel like weakness to the one expressing gratitude. I mean, we spend so much of our life learning how to be self-sufficient, how to be the best at, you fill in the blank, what you work so hard to be the best at, right? How to be not dependent upon anybody else in our lives, and then in the moment that somebody comes and does something for us to express gratitude towards them, in some way we're expressing our dependency or our need for them. It feels like weakness. It's not the reality of what it is. If we would understand what it actually is from the viewpoint of God's view, when we're actually grateful to those around us, gratitude is actually the sign of humility. Gratitude is actually the sign of humility. To be grateful is to be humble and understand everything that I have has been given to me by God. Grateful people are some of the most secure individuals that I know. Healthy leaders, healthy spouses, healthy friends. I love in this story, just a side note, that even in gratitude, there was a benefit for the one Samaritan that showed back up. Uh, we actually see it there. If we look at the final part of the story, again, ten that were healed, one returned, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus. Later we read, and Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Remember this, your faith has healed you. Two separate healings take place. Two separate healings take place. One, the ten experienced, and one, only one experienced. One, only one experienced. The first word for heal in that scripture, it's the Greek, iamai. Iamai means to cure. We know that all ten had an Iamai moment. They had this Iamai moment where they're walking back to the priest and they're going, I've been healed. Party. You know what I'm saying? This is amazing, right? But one, one as he returns, it says that healing that took place is the Greek word sozo. Sozo is the word we find in Matthew 18, 11 that says, For the Son of Man came to save or to heal, to sozo, that which was lost. Man, oh, the power of gratitude for that one person that just simply came back to express his gratitude to Jesus. What a moment for this Samaritan. 
Amen? What a moment for this Samaritan who returned and received the ultimate healing, salvation. This morning, maybe you're here and, and you've been invited by a friend and you're checking out faith and, and along the way you've kind of sensed even like God moving in your life. You've had an Yamai moment, possibly a healing of relationship. It's not necessarily leprosy, but you can see God moving your life, but yet you haven't had that sozo moment. The hope of this family here, I know it through the pastor Jason, is that you would have that sozo moment. That you would come to know the salvation that is found only in Jesus Christ. For all of us that have experienced this, how can we not out of that be some of the most grateful people around? Amen? Come on, this morning, like, if we, if we have had the sozo moment, if we have received him, if we have had the Savior, Jesus Christ, operating and moving in our life, how can we not express gratitude to those around us? For truly out of this position, every moment we can live just like the Samaritan lived. Hebrews chapter 12, 28 through 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, that is this heavenly kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Now, what a moment this morning to be able to worship and to say, God, this is the first day of the week and we've sung these songs to you, we've lifted up our voices to you, but this is only the beginning of the expressions of our lives as we leave this place today. To be grateful, to be thankful, to be worshipful in every circumstance. This morning, I want to encourage you, encourage us all to close the gap, to close the gap from ingratitude to gratitude, to close the gap from operating as the world operates and operating in Christ. Like, hey, I know that I've received that so-so moment, and I want to express that in each and every circumstance. I'm going to give you the acronym GAP to remember this week. I have to do stuff like this, keep it simple. Anybody else? I keep it simple so I can remember stuff. There's all kinds of stuff I, I create with my kids and me, but I like to create something that I can remember, I can kind of process it in each and every circumstance to be thankful and close the gap. Here's the thing I want to give us this week. Hey, come on, grateful people. Grateful people know the power of generosity. Grateful people know the power of generosity. That's the G, generosity. Gratitude, again, is more than an emotion. It's an expression. Generous people... Generous people, by nature, are grateful people. They realize they've been blessed to be a blessing. 2 Corinthians 9.11. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when you take your gifts to those in need, they will then thank God. Come on. Just a thought. I want you to write it down. How do I do that? Can I encourage you as my brother or my sister here today? Man, live open-handed. Live open-handed. That's how we're, we're generous, is that we recognize everything I have has been given to me so that I can then be a blessing to those around me, to be grateful, grateful, open-handed in each and every situation. Uh, we were five years into marriage. Um, uh, I was a youth minister, and we went to another church that we ended up spending 12 years there and ended up on staff there. But by going to church there, they didn't offer me a position, so I went and got a job. I'm, I'm a pharmaceutical rep, so I went from a pastor to a drug dealer, all legal, all legal, okay? 
Um, and then as I went from pastor to drug dealer, like well, as it, starting out in ministry, I mean, we just didn't make much. We didn't have much. And, and so now I had a company car and had some good money. I mean, I mean, it was nice. It was nice. All right. We were buying some stuff. We bought a house. It's like, this is awesome. We bought a house. We were so grateful. I mean, it, we bought this house and it had some old carpet in it and it had old, we painted the walls, but we didn't have the money yet to, to you know, fix the carpet. And I thought, you know what? We're going to put hardwood floors down. I'm, I'm just so excited. I'm like, we're going to do this. And, and my wife came home one day and I had ripped up every bit of the carpet. And she's like, like, when's the floors going down? I'm like, I don't know. We don't have the money yet, but I just want to go ahead and get it started. She's like, what? Like we were excited. And now we've got subflooring. It's like 15 year subflooring that we're living on, you know, but we just like, like, we're just so grateful to have a home. And I can really go back to like where my heart was in this, because here's what I look back and I think, what was I thinking? Our church started a, a small group semester, and it was like, baby, we got to have a small group. And she's like, yes, we do. Let's go. We didn't even give a thought to the fact that, like, our kitchen table was folding chairs and that we had subflooring. We were like, sign us up, you know? And we did. We signed, it up, signed us up. We had people come into our home. I remember them coming into our home. Hey, we opened the door, and they're like, they know this is subflooring, right? <laughs> All right. We had a great small group. We've, we've seen... I go back to that and I think, what was I thinking living open-handed like that? Well, how could I not? I'm just grateful. Just so grateful to have what I have, right? So blessed to, to have what I have. Why would I not want to, to share it with those around me? Let's talk about the A. Grateful people. Grateful people know the power of appreciation. The power of appreciation. Appreciation, by definition, is the full understanding of something. Think about it. When you were little, you couldn't appreciate something. Once you got older, you go look back, oh, I appreciate it now. I can see it fully, right? We get there and we can now have the wisdom to understand how to appreciate something we couldn't because we didn't have that full understanding. Think about it this way. As we, being filled with the Holy Spirit, he guides us into all truth. We start to ask the question, Holy Spirit, give me the full understanding of how God sees my spouse. Like, he sees her as his daughter. He sees me as his son. Give me the full understanding of the way that you see them and help me to appreciate them that way. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1.4, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Like, I've got this appreciation for you because you've had a so-so moment. You've been healed. You've been made to be a part of his family that, that I've been made to be a part of. And, and we together, I have this appreciation of knowing you that way. James 1.8, James 1.8, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. I think, okay, so then how do I do that? Like, how do I do that with my wife when... Maybe we're not seeing eye to eye, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm having this hard moment possibly, or maybe you're having this hard moment and you're trying to see, how, how do I navigate this? Well, if I can live eternally focused, I will live eternally focused, write that one down, I will live eternally focused, and I can see that it's more than just this circumstance that we can't see eye to eye on. Like I can back up, have an appreciation for who she is, have an appreciation for the way that God sees her, and I can understand, man, now that I understand that, she is who she, you say she is. I can begin to respond to her the way that you would have me to respond to her. Living eternally focused helps me have this true appreciation for those that are around me. 
both those in the family of God and those that aren't in the family of God. I began to see that person at work. Like, God, how does your heart break for them? How, how much you desire for them to come to know you through your son Jesus. Lord, give me that appreciation and help me to, to serve them that way, to be thankful and grateful that you've put me in a relationship with them, even though it might be difficult. I can be thankful in all circumstances. I'm going to ask Zach to come up here as I close with this last point. I'm going to close out with a little uh, music and this last song. But I'm going to close the gap, closing the gap. Grateful people, grateful people, they understand the power of generosity. Grateful people, they understand that the power, the power of appreciation because they, they now have a perspective that's God's perspective. And grateful people understand the, the power of peace. Grateful people, they know the power of peace. Power of peace. You, you can't live consistently gra grateful if you, if you don't have peace. And peace isn't something that, well, I think sometimes we do treat it this way. When we live external, we treat peace as something that comes and goes. But when we've had a so-so moment and we know the Prince of Peace, he doesn't come or go. He doesn't come or go. He stays. And by me knowing that peace, I can begin to appreciate every season that I'm walking through. Colossians 3.15. And let the peace that comes from Christ, let it rule your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace. And check this out. You're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Wow. I can be grateful? Yeah. I'm not externally. No, I'm eternally. And I've got this peace in me because I can live Christ-centered. Write it down. I will live Christ-centered. In every moment, you may be in a difficult situation today, but I'm Christ-centered. And he's ruling my heart. He's ruling my throne. He sits upon the throne of my heart, and he directs me in his peace so that I can be thankful in every circumstance. Come on, this morning, he's given us so-so moment, the so-so moment of coming to know him, salvation in Jesus Christ. How can we not live as the Samaritan did every day of our lives and be thankful in all circumstances? You know, it means a lot to us that you would come here today and be a part of who we are. It, it really does matter to us more than you might realize. Sometimes I think we underestimate the power we have to influence people. You know, if you would look around your world, you'd be amazed at how many people would receive what you have to say to them. You could be a digital missionary. You don't have to post everything on Facebook or we're not asking you to go on your favorite social platform, but I would challenge you to look around your world I guarantee you might have a friend, even in a different state or another part of the world, something was said today, whether a sermon, a prayer, a song, something was said that could mean a lot to them, man, send it to them. And you'd be amazed at how much of a difference that could make.